Rolling. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Overarching. Welcome to... Oh, no! <laughs> welcome to Bradley's that was filling amazing. in here. Oh, um, this couldn't have gone any better. Right, welcome to Overarching. My name is Bradley. This I just fantastic. spilled my beer a little bit. Uh, but it's okay because I live here, and I don't care. <laughs> This is the St. Louis Culture Podcast. I would like to introduce my good friend, Matt. Uh, Matt is from North Carolina. He's lived in St. Louis for nearly a year and a half now. Uh, he works with David Lemon, uh, and he loves the Cardinals. Um, he's in love with the Cardinals, uh, and that's why he lives in St. Louis now. No other factors. Well, thanks, Bradley. Yeah, um, no other factors. I... <laughs> didn't follow a lady up here to go to grad school. Um, yeah, it's baseball, all baseball. But yes, thanks, Bradley. I am Matt Blaker. As you have heard, I am the North Carolina boy. Um, I'm going to be introducing my good friend, David Lemon. Uh, that's right. His last name is Lemon. Squeeze him. I don't know if you'll make lemonade yet. Haven't found that out. He won't no, let me. It's true, as of this past weekend. Oh, well, there you go. So now that is that is now it. Uh, David's lived in Missouri his whole life, uh, and he's an interesting cat. And you're going to get to know more about um, all three of us, but especially how uh, Dave doesn't get to shave uh, for quite a while now. That's Blaker's fault. Uh, Matt is one of my um, employees, one of my reps at our marketing group that we work downtown in St. Louis. Um, and I, I'm going to introduce Bradley Rolf to my right, my best friend, and my roommate. Um, we live here just west of Dogtown. Um, one of the neighborhoods in St. Louis, one of the, what is it, 79 or so neighborhoods now in the city of St. Louis. Um, we basically call ourselves a part of Dogtown because it's literally three houses over. So, I mean, we spend a lot of our time there and spend a lot of our yeah. time in Maplewood as well, which is just outside. Um, Bradley grew up in St. Louis as well, the, the St. Louis County, where I grew up in St. Charles County. So if um, you're from St. Louis, you know that... Um, Bradley is more of a St. Louis than I will ever be, um, except for the fact that I went to Pattonville High School, which, uh, just kidding, actually isn't part of St. Louis either. Right. Well, but that's the thing. You, you ask someone you but, know, yeah. where they're from, St. Louis, the greater we're St. Not, Louis We're not going to talk about high schools, though, and that whole crap, because no, that's part no, of the, the no. thing that we just don't kind of despise about it. But Bradley um, is involved with the theater community uh, a lot here in the St. Louis area. And um, just kind of wanted to introduce ourselves so you guys get to know us a little bit more. Um, and so the idea of this episode, um, the second episode here in uh, first season, wanted to kind of just touch base on a couple of things that have come to light in recent days because there's been a lot of things happening here in St. Louis um, in terms of development, in terms of arts and culture, in terms of uh, sports um, especially within sports and upgrades and um, hockey being great for the first time in, in a while. It, well, I mean, it's been great for a long time. Yeah, it last hasn't been, season was... It hasn't been the best ever, yeah. but it's been great consistently. Um, the How about the Blues, man? We're in freaking first place. Yeah. Yeah. We, what is it? Tied for, tied for uh, all of hockey and points right now at 21 with... 
uh, fifth, 13, 13 games played. 13 games played. Yeah, about a, a month in, like, officially. 13 and games played, and we're sitting atop uh, the leaderboards. And Petrangelo, our good captain, is already um, way out in front to win the Norse Trophy. So, I mean, I'm not, I wouldn't be surprised if he was the best candidate right now for best defenseman in all of hockey. He is finally figuring out how to be an offensive threat. He's always been a defensive threat, like, there's no doubt. Um, but he's finally finally putting it on um, two way two way skater together. Um, the one thing that I've I've noticed about this team from the short little bit that I've been able to catch is uh, defense. Defense is good. Well, weirdly enough, Mike Yo is um, he's known for being a two way coach in the sense of um, really controlling the the middle third of the ice, um, and for Bradley. Uh, the middle third is the area of the ice rink that is between the two blue lines. Yes, and I know that the blue lines are important when it comes to icing or no offsides. And both, both of those things. Look at that, Bradley. There looking you go. Like learning things. Yeah, the only theater kid in St. Louis who knows <laughs> what the blue lines are. There are uh, no Todd. My good buddy Todd. He's a sports guy too. Oh, okay. Well, I'm sorry. That was rude of me. Wow. I only know I know I know most of the things I know about sports only because I've lived with David Lemon for over a year. Um, It's been over two two and a half years. Two and a a half years living with this man. I'm bad with time. God, that fast, like that fast. Yeah, it's only seemed like a year. Well, yeah. Well, and we literally we literally met months before we decided to live together too. We met Super Bowl 2015. Sports brought us together. Super Bowl 2015. 2015. Do you remember what what was the match what was the matchup Blaker? Super Bowl 2015. Uh, huh. Huh. What was, was that, the, uh, what was that? What was that one? Was hey, that gold, was that my buddy Golden Cleats? Hmm. I don't know. Remind me, refresh my memory. Well, 15 and 1. <laughs> there I was. <laughs> at the NFC Championship game celebrating, I don't know, our sixth forced turnover off of Carson Palmer. Hugging my best friend, saying, <laughs> we're going to the Super Bowl. We're going to freaking win. We got this. <sighs> Two weeks later, Charlotte was collectively crying. And, I mean, yeah. Uh, yeah. That's, if you can't tell, he's a Panthers fan. Yeah, yeah. Um, this We're recording this uh, one day after Kelvin Benjamin was traded. To the Buffalo Bills. Bills. The Panthers of the North now. They signed Joe Webb. They signed Mike uh, Tolbert. They signed. They got. Um, they signed Tolbert. Yeah, they got Kelvin Benjamin, and their GM is uh, one of the Panthers' former front office people, and their head coach is our former defensive coordinator. Wow. Okay. So well, good. They trying. <laughs> well, they're all trying now. Either way, we met um, through some friends at, at church. We're a part of a local church here uh, called Christ Church. Bradley and I are. Um, and that's how I met. So that's how you know a little bit about us and why we're forced to like each other. Yeah, we, we we're both forced did. to like each other because of Jesus. We don't actually like each other though. Well, we were just it was both it was a moment of like, oh, you're a drummer, I'm a drummer. Mm. Oh, you're a loud person, I'm a loud person. Yeah. Let's be friends now. Because loud people only are allowed to be with other loud people. Allowed, I see what you did there. Ah, you yeah, the fraternal on. order of loud people. Uh <laughs> <laughs> what would the what would the slogan be? The fraternal order of loud people be? <laughs> That's exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> the fraternal order. I'm just like, hey, 
<laughs> or, 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 or like, oh, oh, I'm sorry, I have no volume control. No, no, like, no, the, the, the fraternal order of loud people is just this. Hi. Inside voice. Just, just like a really soft. Hi. It's like a, a play on nothing. Yeah. I don't know. That's we great. could come up with something yeah. way better than that. The fraternal. Well, send your send your uh, send your emails to whatever email you want to send it to. Yeah. By the time we release this, we'll dub in. Uh, we'll send your emails to, to overarchingstl at gmail.com. Yeah. Okay. Good. I could not say anything. There. Well, I wanted you to say, say ah. Even though you made that sound there, by the time the it, person though. who's listening to it, they're not going to hear you go ah right before we say at gmail.com. But so the point, cool. yeah, I get it. So so back around to uh, we were hitting on uh, blues. I know early, like at the beginning of the season, David, you were pretty pessimistic about the blues. No, coming. well, you, you I just... was I was optimistic. I was realistic about the fact that um, we get to the playoffs. We get to the playoffs. Like we're, half the teams we're get go- to the playoffs. Over half the teams get to the playoffs. Yeah, it's so we- I don't like. It's like the NBA. Yeah. Teams that are under 500 can make the playoffs in the NBA. So, like, why not just True. make the season longer anyway? Great question. Why not get rid of one of the rounds? <laughs> why not make the season shorter? Why not get rid of one of the, one of the rounds in, I, in the playoffs? Well, whatever whatever the reason is, if you play if there's all, no way it has anything to do with money and revenues. all four rounds, you play 28 extra games. That's a year. What? Like, which is over a quarter. A yeah. It's stupid. You already played 82 games, and you're telling them to play 28 more? It's ridiculous. NHL, rethink yourself! We all, the three of us should go to a game sometime soon. We should record a podcast at the game. Well, I don't know if that'll work. We could do it. They're getting upgrades to the stadium. They'll allow a guest podcast to come into the... (laughs) There you go. We'll figure it out. We'll make... We'll do something I I can talk to my buddies Could be a good bridgeway. I'd talk to John. Into our next segment. Kelly. Stadium. Hey John, if you're if you're listening right now, you're John, gonna send him the link. Yeah. Oh, hey John, I'll send you the link. <laughs> but, um, let us sit in with you and Panger in the booth, and we'll we'll do our podcast from there. And I'll um, say ignorant things about the greatest Blues player ever. Don't. How many games was he with the Blues? Four, right? Teen. Teen. Fourteen. Yeah, it's a really good joke. Close I tell it all the it. time. Close to uh, it. It's like thirteen, really. No, eighteen. Eighteen games is the greatest eight. Whatever the number was. For, for the uninitiated, I like to make the joke that Wayne Gretzky is the greatest blues player ever because he's... You get it. You get it. Uh, the Chosen One. That's actually his nickname, by the way, Bradley. I thought it was the greatest. Or the, wasn't it? He's the Chosen One. Yeah, the Chosen One. Wayne Gretzky. Mm. Did you ever hear that song by Goldfinger called Wayne Gretzky? No, I heard the song by Goldfinger called Superman, which is on skateboarding. Yeah, that one. Yeah. Oh, that Phil. That Phil by Darren, the drummer. Yeah. That, oh man, it was just so good. Yes, yes, yes. I really appreciated that a lot. Almost as good as the Phil at the cut, in like towards the end of the bridge in Faithful by Go West. Faithful. Uh, da- I introduced <laughs> David to the song Faithful really by Go West the other that. day, and he was nerding out. I was out. jamming. Oh, it's great. Look it up. I mean, I've heard it before, but I never yeah. fully listened to it or it's invested one of those, in it. Yeah, it's just one of those, it's it's completely of its time, and it's completely great. Okay, hey, Blaker. Um, as somebody who doesn't pay attention to hockey, your notion of the St. Louis Blues as an outsider, 
growing up as a teenager with the Hurricanes as your local team, you know, like, well, yeah, they're not in Charlotte. They're in Raleigh-Durham and Triangle. But as far as what is the notion of the St. Louis Blues? Are they a dirty team? Are they over-respected? Is, are they, like, kind of neutral team out, out in North uh, Carolina? Oh, out in North Carolina. You? Um, well, North Carolina doesn't really what, what, care what's for the identity? Hockey. What's the identity of the Blues? You know what's you know what's crazy? Um, they almost fit the mold of the Cardinals as far as in they play clean hockey. Uh, that's kind of hockey were you watching in the nineties? <laughs> well, uh, NHL ninety nine on the sixty four was probably my. Pressing the top C button until I can get into a fight. I remember that song. Oh. That's so good. Greatest um, intro song to any EA sports game ever. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah, I, I, I would agree with that. Um, but yeah, no, no. Just basically, I, I'm talking about uh, from the last few years. They play. They play very clean hockey. Yeah. Um, growing up, shifted. they were kind of a dirty team. Yeah. Tony yeah. Twist. Yeah. Was a madman. But I remember a couple years back, we beat the Blackhawks in the the playoffs. Um, First time that's ever happened. Right. And that was, they just played good hockey. So, yeah. So it was more more of a a question of, like, you know, early 2000s and on. Like, you didn't really, it was more like a neutral kind of a thing. You were just like, oh, the Blues are there. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, I... um, well, if my memory serves me correct, the Blues were not that good of a team from early 2000s uh, on. Well, they were fine. Yeah, they were middle of the pack. I mean, under Joel Quenville when he was here, um, they were really good. Okay. Really good. And that was in the 90s, too. Okay. Um, but early 2000s were pretty good. So the mid-2000s, they kind of, eh, we don't talk about the Dark Ages. Sure, yeah, that's what I'm thinking of. The, <laughs> the after Kurt Warner, Mark Bolger. Era, era of, of the Rams. Of the Rams, yeah. Yeah. Oh, God. That was... Well, to be real here, though, I'm really glad that you, you brought that up. Because, like, from 2004 to 2008 Eight. or nine, yeah. that those were the dark years for the Rams and the Blues together. And, yeah. like, it was, it was pretty rough for, for both teams. And then, you know, from 2004 onward for the Rams were the Dark Ages. So for 12 years, it was just darkness and just depression and get yeah. Stan Kroenke out of here. And we don't talk about that. That name is, is almost as bad as Satan in my book. He almost looks like what Lucifer would look like if he was a human being. I would agree with that. Yeah. If I, was, if I were to draw Lucifer... Based on memory, Stan Kroenke would probably come to mind. Draw Lucifer based on memory? When was the last time you saw Lucifer? Uh, yes. So the last time I saw Lucifer um, was a dream. Um, I was back in uh, Kenosha, Wisconsin. Um, I was down in uh, uh, 40s as a part of Edward Forty Hands. You know that game? I've heard of that game. I've never yeah. played. You've so, no- oh, well, I've you've never, never played, played Edward no, Forty Hands? No! Ooh. Here's the thing. Neither have I. It's all made up. All right, oh. back to the other cool, one. Cool, yeah, unimportant things. Uh, Edward Forty Hands is a game where you someone duct tapes two four. You take two forties in one in each hand. They a duct malt tape. Malt liquor. Malt yeah, liquor. Yeah, 
and duct tape them to your hands, and you have to finish both of them before you can remove them from your hands. Well, yeah. so you better don't have a, do it. You bet, yeah, one, don't do it. It's just a sophomoric and asinine game. Also, overarching if you does do, not promote drinking that much alcohol ever. Yeah, it's yeah. I've heard people tell stories about like you better have a really close friend who can help you go to the bathroom because. Or just wear pants that don't have a zipper. Or just spill it all over yourself and say, oops, that's I'm done. That's cheating. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's, called, that's called wussing out. That's called being. Yeah. But also, using yeah. Using your noggin. Also, drinking games, for the most part, head. drinking games are, like, I like games. I, I like, don't like drinking games. Yeah, I, like, I'll just play a game and drink however much I want. What are your thoughts about drinking games? Send them in to no one cares at gmail.com. Um, I was, hey, so I want to touch base. That's enough for the blues, by the way. Uh, actually, um, they're getting an upgrade to the stadium right now. Yes, um, they were just showing me pictures of this. So they're going to add a beer garden out front for next year if the, um, if the bill passes. Actually, no, the bill's already passed. The aldermen are still voting on this, and there's some there's certain districts that just hate it. And, and this, I forget her name. She was the alderman of the, the ward that the I can't remember the ward um, where Scott Trade Center is. But they're also going to sell the naming rights because Scott yeah. Trade got bought out by TD yeah. Ameritrade, and TD Ameritrade already has the TD Garden in Boston and all that. But we want a local company to have the naming rights, so. There's rumors that Enterprise is going to buy the naming rights, so it's going to be the Enterprise Arena. So then we can just say, are you going to go to Starship Enterprise tonight? Dude, that'd be bad. Am I right? Am I right? I'm into that. Start that trend. Everybody, start the trend. Starship Enterprise. Hashtag Starship Enterprise. Hashtag uh, STL Ship Enterprise. Still still Ship Enterprise. Yeah. I like that. I'm into it. Yeah. Um, Any talks on what side of the um, arena the beer gardens? Beer gardens be on the south side. So like at the entrance. Gotcha. Um, well, the across, south side oh, yeah. entrance gate. Pretty so much across, across from the, the street from Metro. Right, exactly. Gotcha. Um, and then they're going to have um, upgrades to the um, locker rooms, bathrooms. Uh, there's going to be like a two million, two and a half million dollar investment into concessions, like three mm. million. So that's going to be nice. All good stuff. Um, and I'm, 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 it's, it's only good because... With all that, and with all those improvements that are going to happen 2018 19, um, in 2020 um, or 2019 20. So, 1920, there are rumors that we would get the All Star game in 1920, which would be freaking awesome for, the, for city. the city. Yeah. Huge for the city. Um, and that's why we started this podcast, because we love this city and we want it to progress in a manner that is of liking to everybody here. Um, and speaking of that, ooh, also yes. other progressions that yes. are happening in the city, uh, right, actually next door, uh, at Union Station. Did oh. you hear about this, Blaker? I did not. Uh, so there, you know, were um, plans in place to um, put an aquarium, a hundred and twenty thousand square foot aquarium, inside Union Station, and they were going to change a lot of um, the internal inside outside area of Union Station right. into. Um, an aquarium. Because Lots it's, of it's shark just a weird, It's just a weird thing right now. Union yeah, Station as it yeah. stands is a weird yes. entity. Yeah. Here's the thing, though. Union Station, architecturally, one of the most gorgeous, beautiful oh, yes. buildings I have ever seen in yes. my life. Um, just 
beautiful, um, beautiful archways, first of all. Pun intended. See what it, so, also, hey, a side note here. Super, super, super weird side note. We need to have a conversation about the phrase, pun intended. Because in itself, the phrase, pun intended, is in itself a pun. No. Yes. Because How? if you're trying to shorten the phrase, pun intended, you put a P in front of the word unintended, and it's one word in and of oh, itself. unintended. Okay. Unintended. I hear you. I'm tracking with that. Is this, that weird or what? This, uh, this is David Lemon. This is like, <laughs> this is deep, man. This is the deepest shower I go. thoughts. If you're listening to this in your shower right now, <laughs> shower thoughts with whatever. I hope with your mind is just dudes. as blown as mine. Shower thoughts with three, like lower middle class <laughs> white dudes, in an apartment complex. Apartment. So this aquarium. This aquarium. Um, is it happening? It's happening. That um, is awesome. Groundbreaking was today. Very um, nice. This so today. is this going to be in the inside part? This part inside where outside. So the okay, yes. has like the yes. the overhanging overhanging area. roof. Yeah, and that so is very nice. Uh, they're also going to bring in the I believe it's the Ferris wheel that's at Navy Pier right now in Chicago. So suck it, Chicago. We're taking yours ish and bringing it here. Oh, I know, right? Yeah. Which is like so you cannot afford that anymore. That we'll have it. Cool. Thank you very much. I'm pretty sure they're probably getting a new one actually. So I was they're just say, giving like, us their weird. old stuff. Yeah. <laughs> that that alone. We don't want no Chicago hand-me-downs. That alone is going to help oh, okay. uh, change the uh, the downtown complexion. Yes, for sure. That um, is beautiful. And so that actually, so the if you have a chance, go look at the logo for oh, the yes. St. Louis Aquarium. Beautiful design. Incredible design. Every single aspect about the like just somebody the font doing their job right. Yeah, and the logo itself, it's compromised of four sea creatures, um, a a sea otter, a, a seahorse, sea and a uh, was it a was shark? It? Yes, it was a shark. And a and manta at the ray. Bottom, at the very bottom, if you don't if you don't look closely enough, you can't see it, but it's a manta ray. And then the tying them together is a conch shell. And they're all in the shape of a fleur de lis. That is so. But cool. you're like, how does that tie together as a fleur de lis? You're probably picturing in your head like that doesn't make any sense whatsoever. Why? How would that make sense? It's the beautiful. animals are contortionists. Well, I mean, have you ever seen a sea otter? Also, it's not These like a picture. Crazy. It's not a picture. You know, it's vector art. So that, you know, it's yeah, it's vector art. Oh, also, but it's great. The the font, great choice. Oh my goodness, great choice. Um, so go look it up. Go look at the images. Uh, STL today. Um, Post Dispatch, support your local newspaper. Um, go read it. You've got very amazing, amazing award-winning writers here in St. Louis. Um, go read the newspaper. Also, go read stuff by Ashley Jost. She's an amazing writer, and she's a friend of mine from school at Truman. Go read her stuff. She's amazing. Um, she writes about local schools and education because she's freaking amazing. She's a great journalist. Don't have a lot of great journalists in this city anymore. Way to go, Ashley. Um, outside of that, um, just progression in the city as a whole good topic to be on for a while right so there is the proposed um plan for the 39 story um 39 story building in central west end apartment building that i can't remember the name was it like chang gong no uh, gong that's it gong um the architectural firm that has designed this unbelievably beautiful uh, glass window structure, apartment complex, 39 story in Central West End. That was approved, has some tax write-offs, uh, tax breaks, 
on it. That was approved back in June. Um, there's a lot of um, media kind of swirling around that idea recently. And I think it's probably going to be in the works for construction next year, next summer, or next fall. Um, but it looks like it's going to go through. If you have a chance to go look it up, go look it up. It's beautiful. It's amazing. Something that we need in the St. Louis area is something that's eye-catching, something that's progressive, um, and bringing more people into the city of St. Louis, like a 39-story apartment building with probably like, what, three hundred to five hundred apartment apartments in that building i would say i don't know it's huge so so let me ask this being you know uh, a year and a half into being a st louis and now right and um, living you live downtown I live, yeah i live downtown that. go for yeah. it so this is a great segue yeah i actually um i see st louis as a uh a team a, a team uh, a city that kind of has seen some, you know, some downtime, uh, obviously still struggles with a few things, but a on the, few. Uh, uh, but on the horizon has got a great chance to, you know, five, 10 years from now, really, really, Amazon, you hear that? Uh, really, you hear that moving. Amazon <laughs> got a great chance. Yeah. Hashtag STL. Uh, uh, AM, AMZSTL. Um, I don't know what the Amaz- is. Amazon to bring, AMZ to STL. Bring bring Northern Brazil <laughs> to St. Louis. Um, two day shipping. Yeah. Amazon's in Northern Brazil. Oh, that you dingus! I'm aware. I'm aware of the <laughs> rainforest and the river. The rainforest isn't even aware of the rainforest anymore. It's not even there. But to uh, back to the topic. So living downtown, yes, I, I see St. Louis as a city that's kind of going to be booming in the next five ten years. Because cost of living, um, job opportunities growing, and things like an aquarium coming to downtown, things like um, Central West End. Central West End's a beautiful neighborhood. Um, and all the different districts that we have, um, it kind of makes this city what it is with, like, with the glue that itself. But downtown's going to grow. Mm-hmm. Plus you got NSG. No, NGA. NGA. Uh, sorry, NSG is one of our clients at work. Uh, they're a commercial cleaning company out of... Redacted. Yeah, redacted. <laughs> brr, 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 brr. Anyways, but NGA, um, the intelligence agency that's going to go in North um, in North St. Louis. Oh, yes. Uh, north St. Louis City, just north of Martin Luther King Drive, I believe. Um, so that's going to bring thousands of jobs yeah. to downtown so well, just exa- north exactly downtown, so let's so let's bridge bridge to that though why not i understand the logic of putting the apartment complex in central west End, but why not downtown well they will that's just the beginning so and bradley and i were talking yeah. about this earlier um well the why why not downtown is it, it downtown all needs to happen at once You've uh, got an AT and T building skyscraper right now that is one third, no, oh, is it two thirds empty? Yeah, but which is a, a forty story building. But that it's is not just two thirds. It's what not about the Millennium the, Hotel? It's not just the yeah, lack empty. of businesses. There, sure, there's there's some nightlife on Wash Ave, but you know, I I I work in the coffee industry, but like the the service industry places I've worked and people I know. Half the things, more than half of the things down there, like lunch is over. All right, we're shutting down. We're rolling up the sidewalks. There's no, you know, like unless it's like, a, like 
on Wash Avenue, like one like a specific you know nightlife oriented bar or something, your coffee shops, your you know lunch restaurants. It's like that place. You got your big lunch rush downtown, all the businessmen, and then five o'clock hits. Everybody leaves. Everybody is out of downtown, and so you can't. Yes, there's vacant office space. Yes, there's you know we can fill that more. You can make that neighborhood more vibrant. But how do you make that neighborhood a true neighborhood, a living? neighborhood a place where people just are i think right so people like the the great idea within this is how do we bring retail mm. restaurateurs mm-hmm. entrepreneurs and um i think i think the, retail and restaurants are big well we've got the restaurant the restaurant game's pretty booming downtown right now right but only in a specific area correct um in terms of retail you don't have a damn thing down there. You can't no. find a CDS, you know? Right, you can't, exactly. Yeah. Uh, I, I have to do all my, all my shopping at uh, Culinaria. Right, exactly. That's the only um, thing I can think of. And it of. closes at 9. Yeah. yeah. And so you have, which is a, a subset. Uh, Schnook's own Schnucks, set. Yeah. Right. Yes. Yeah. Um, so there's a proposed idea of having a three-story like Target down there. Oh, gimme. Um, I have to drive all the way to Brentwood. Right. Or, exactly. or Hampton. So... Um, I mean, retail, honestly, like, if... But the thing is, retail is run by monopolistic giants, like Target. Well, and they're, they're, they're not going to lead the way. Like, like that, having that would, you know, solve or, or yeah. push towards, you know, these... But they're, they're crunching the numbers. They're right. saying, what can our actuarial tables tell us about where we're going to make the most profit? Right. They're not necessarily going to have that forward thinking, mm-hmm. let's invest in this neighborhood. Well, right now, to be honest, with as much work as St. Louis is trying to communicate to Amazon, mm-hmm. why, not, why not try to talk to Whole Foods right now, which is, A, owned by Amazon now. Right. Um, and um, I know they're in Central West End. Which is Beautiful part of location. this. It's great. Like, man, there is so much space available downtown that's cheap right now mm-hmm. that Whole Foods can get into. Yep. That people in the arcade apartments could, uh, and which is where Matt lives. Opop. Um, what? Opop apartments. Yeah, Opop. Uh, Jefferson Arms is turning into apartment complex right now. So in the next two years, don't be surprised if you see a Whole Foods going down there. Once you see multiple grocery stores going in, once you see some retail going in, like... Um, not just, you know, retail as in, you know, like a jewelry store or anything like that. I mean like a clothing yeah, store. like a mini mall, an H&M or something. Yeah, an H&M. There's an idea. Yeah. Where do go. you see all over Europe and yeah. H&M's, two-story H&M's everywhere. Um, people in St. Louis love shopping at H&M. There's literally every outlet mall. Oh, uh, yeah. Right yeah. Now. Yeah. Um, but... Just standalone stores, standalone rather than just like all these malls that failed back That's, in the 80s. I mean, it's a great, uh, it's a great point. And here's I, the thing: everybody's making these suggestions. Like this is this is something that we've been saying for decades, Blaker. Like so, at night, what is your regiment at at night downtown? Like, what is something? Because here's the thing: Bradley and myself are kind of the problem because we don't live down there. Yeah. We don't live literally in the city yeah. limits. And only only times I go downtown outside of events, mm-hmm. um, I'll go to the Facts and Speakeasy every once in a while. Right. Yeah. Um, 
And and other than that, like I'll spend a lot of evenings in Grand Center because that's where all the theater district is, yeah. and that's part of you know my personal routines. Yeah, I'm gonna hang around Wash Ave sometimes and go to. Um, Sugar I mean, Fire. I go to so many what Sugar Fire, Sugar Fire, and uh, I go to. We do tons of Cardinal games, tons of Blues games, um, tons of events um, at uh, local, obviously like Missouri Arts. Um, center down there, or there's an athletic center. The new um, uh, National Blues Hall of, yeah. Uh, Museum. Yeah, National Blues Museum. All, all sorts of good stuff down there. You can go for nightlife. But what what is what does an average weeknight look like? Because you don't really go out. <laughs> I'm assuming. No, yeah, not often. So um, definitely with neighborhoods, we play within them. We know what's going to be open later. But downtown. Um, you mean Wash Ave, a lot of the, uh, the places there close 9 o'clock. Um, and, you know, you have a late day at work. Um, say your significant other gets home late. Um, not much in the house to cook. You had to take care of some, you know, some um, some errands or, or anything of that nature. You get home, you know, Okay, I would love to just pop next door and and grab a bite to eat, or you know, uh, um, pick up you know something from the grocery store if it's after nine o'clock, and and throw it in the oven or something like that. I don't often get that opportunity. Um, I have to you know make sure if if my night is my schedule's full, you know we have to make sure we either a get something uh, before we get home, or b um, you know there's a few choices. Shout out to uh, Jack Patrick's downtown. Love that place. Best burgers I've had um, here in St. Louis so far, in my opinion. Um, yeah, you got uh, Bailey's. You got Sushi AI that closes, I think, around 10. Um, so there are some things, and that's all on Olive because I, I live on Olive. But um, a lot of Wash, Wash Ave, as you were saying, Bradley, yeah, closes shop pretty early. Um, Pie Pizza um, is, is still open, but, um, you know, we don't, we don't often um, hit, that, hit them up. Um, but you know, as far as in, uh, you know, late night, it's, it's sad. The landing's kind of dead. It's ballpark village. I mean, you, you know, you want some entertainment, you go there, uh, flying saucer. Um, you could walk a few blocks over there. Um, but you know what I, what I thirst for is, is really, I, I, I commute on bike, um, to work and, and around, uh, downtown. I, I own a car, but, um, that's, that's more of a luxury for me. Uh, but when I ride around on my bike and I see what you, what you guys were saying, you know, all these empty buildings and it, and it kind of hurts my heart, you know, because I'm like, man, there's all this space and I see construction workers constantly working on stuff. Oh yeah. And there's tons of efforts for refurbishments yeah. and restoration projects to these, uh, beautiful structures like the yeah. Jefferson Arms building I mentioned earlier. Um, I mean, the arcade apartments where you're living right now was the biggest project that the city's undergone in like a decade. And it was, and now it's it's almost filled to the brim. Yes, there's right? a wait list. There's a wait list. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and um, which is great to see artists living downtown. Yeah. Yeah. No, I I love the place where I live. I um, and to be honest with you. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna throw this out there. I know what St. Louis gets as far as a bad route, but I don't often feel unsafe downtown at all at night. Like it's I think it's more um, you know more smoke than there is fire. So cool. It's good to get that perspective from yeah someone who like as someone who lives 
you know, not downtown or, and it grew up in the county. I remember growing up, you know, you'd, oh, we're going to go to Forest Park, to the zoo or to the art museum or to the, like the, my concept of what downtown was or the city of St. Louis is, oh, you know, you're going to go down to the Muni or you're going to go whatever. Maybe you go to the arch on a field trip. Um, but yeah, the, the living closer and living in around, like the fact that these are distinct neighborhoods, um, that growing up outside of that, you don't understand what that is and, and how things are. And yeah, it, we, we have, like you said, there's so much real estate that's unused or underused. Uh, and with cost of living with like, we have so much, so much potential. Yeah. Flexibility, potential, uh, both of those. Yeah. I actually was, I had a best, uh, one of my best friends visit me this past weekend um, who we, we grew up in North Carolina together. He's stationed in uh, Florida now. Took him over to the Arch, and they're almost done with the renovations there. And it looks awesome. I love it. Uh, when it when it gets done, just the way that the, the land is going to feed right into the uh, Jefferson Memorial State Capitol, or what's it called? The Jefferson Expansion Memorial. Yeah, Expansion Memorial. Um, it's just going to be gorgeous. And, um, you know, more of that, and you guys are saying, you know, it's piece by piece. Uh, that's why I say that window coming down the road, St. Louis is going to be a place to be. Dude, this is this is a comparison that's probably obvious that we just haven't noticed. The city of Chicago has been something that's established and been going on for so long in terms of a cultural... Um, it's been a culturally diverse and large and expansive center because of, um, you know, train lines going there and a lot of freight shipping coming out of Chicago instead of St. Louis back in the forties where that expansion was happening. Right. Um, but we have the St. Louis Cardinals. Now hear me out. We have the St. Louis Cardinals, a baseball team that has been planted as a continually successful and incredible um, baseball organization that has always been run well top to bottom. Similar situations there, right? Always been run well, always gotten good breaks, um, never really had you know too many terrible things going on with it. Um, yes, the city of Chicago and the state of Illinois have their budget problems right now because, haha, the state of Illinois is ridiculous in every single way. Um, but the city... Um, yeah, their taxes are terrible, and the south, city of South Chicago has a long way to come. Um, but they're established, like they're established as a cultural hub of the United States. Right, right. And we've established ourselves, the St. Louis Cardinals, as a hub of baseball, if not the baseball city. Right. Right. Yeah. City of St. Louis, really decrepit now. Not a lot of cultural hub of anything. Um, just an amalgam of um, whatever you want to throw into the stew and the pot, and they all just clash together. Back in the early 1900s, this was the place. Right, it was this opposite. was the place you wanted to be. This is the place you wanted to live. It was the expansion of the United States. People were coming here. It was booming. The World's Fair was happening in 1904. Um, there was so much architectural integrity uh, of the, the, the layout of the city, the way the, the city was mapped, 
um, it was it was revolutionary. Um, and 1907, Chicago Cubs win the World Series. 1908, Chicago Cubs win the World Series. St. Louis is exactly the same as what the Chicago Cubs were in 1907 and 1908. And Chicago is exactly what the St. Louis Cardinals are forever. And basically the same thing for the city of St. Louis and the Chicago Cubs. So the Chicago Cubs used to be incredible and now are up and coming again. They just won yes. a World Series. They yes. just like they just they are a booming, booming baseball team right now. And big well, they're probably gonna go downhill again because they totally ruined their farm system. And their pitching. And their pitching. They've totally screwed that over. Thanks for that, Theo Epstein. Love you forever for that. But they they capitalized. Yes. And they it. knew and they worked. They needed to do it. Right. St. Louis is in that same scenario right now. Yeah. And we've always been that way. I feel like that's really a long explanation of, in and of itself, uh, the only word that I need to say during that whole like, <laughs> three-minute spiel is irony. In a tie with, uh, you know, and every, everything that happens in and around a city makes up what it is. Um, but a lot of people look at sports as this just extra thing it's extraneous um but it really is it connects people yes um I mean, and just it, look at what happened in the world series just now yeah 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 houston strong i mean continue what yeah well, I, was we'll say, the world I was gonna portion. say it, it sports connects people i think there's you know you drew the dichotomy earlier by like oh you know sports versus art and i think like even in you know growing up in high school there's the like oh are you a sports kid or are you an arts kid um and i think that's such a false dichotomy that gives oh, yeah. such disservice to just people and humans in general because they there are both so many similarities between both whether it's you know telling stories connecting people through common experiences connecting large groups of people through common experiences yeah uh there's so much value within both of those things um, and when you start to bring people together as, you know, people under a city or under a fandom or whatever, you know, differences and others and us versus them fades away within those groups. And I think that gives just, there's a strength of humanity in that. And if you want to build any progress, better future, if those are values you hold at any level, these pieces are vital. Yeah, uh, I, I actually uh, wanted to bring up a side note. Uh, we talk about St. Louis culture on this podcast. Um, so my girlfriend and I uh, had, um, hi Sarah if you're listening. Hey um, Sarah, we love you. Had emos uh, when we first moved when here. When was she emotional? What? When was she emotional? Like high school? <laughs> emotional. And I, no, we had emos. Oh, the, <laughs> the, okay. Yes. Uh, so they they, they invited my chemical romance over for dinner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, we it's a square Bianca pair. Green Day was you know in the discussion, <laughs> but we decided ultimately on my chemical romance. Um, but you know, nice. um, when we first moved here, I had emos one time when I visited St. Louis. I was ooh, like, ooh. oh my god, this is amazing. This is amazing. This oh, is really? amazing. That was your first reaction, right? And I moved here, and I had it again, and I was like, oh. 
I don't know. Oh, interesting. This is kind of weird. Like, as a visitor, you're as like, ooh, interesting. This is new. This is creative. Yes. This exactly. is part of the experience. So, so two, cardboard and cheese. Wonder what that Three nights like. ago. Three nights ago. Um, we decided to give Emos another shot. Oh, gosh. And? And it was good. Yeah. So here's what I've discovered. Emos are owned independently. Yes, it's true. And depending on where you get your Emos well, pizza they're from, not owned independently. They're man like it's managed kind of independently. It's like Jimmy John's but a step down. Sure. Okay. It's not yeah. a franchise. Like it's for e- each store isn't a franchise. Like the Emo family still owns the company, but like it's kind of You're right. Continue. Although I heard I heard a thing about some like the Kirkwood, the one in Kirkwood is supposedly uh some sort of exception in like where I don't I forget I'd have to talk to my buddy Johnny. I'll talk to Natalie. Natalie is a friend. Natalie, <laughs> we'll emo. figure we'll figure out we'll figure out our Natalie. Uh, Natalie, if you're listening to this, <laughs> talk to your dad. Send her the link. I want. Okay, I'll send Natalie. Natalie, emo. Hey, friend, how you doing? I hope the Wilmington University <laughs> drop working out for you. Uh, tell your dad that we're talking about him. Okay, go. <laughs> yeah, no, I was just gonna say I've had emos now. At three different Emo's pizzas, and all three of them taste different, and it's and it's unique. So like you've had to even as a St. Louis, and you know you have to think about okay, I'm getting Emo's. This is St. Louis style pizza. Okay, which you know which location am I going to get it at? Which neighborhood am I going to get it from? Because almost each neighborhood I've discovered kind of right. tastes different. So give us the scoop. Yeah. Okay. Or uh, slice. So. Um, I don't know. Just the other night, um, it was on Oakland and... um, Okay, so the original, Hampton. Yes, Oakland and Hampton. It's good. It's very good. I liked it. Downtown, um, memory serves me correct, it's been my favorite. Um, Downtown's your favorite. Downtown, yeah. Interesting. Um, And then I had Emo's There's two downtown. uh, The one um, right by the Hilton. Got Um, it. Yes. Um, was well, basically in the hill. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then had one on the east side of the river over in Illinois. Oh yeah. Yeah. No not bueno. A, not a fan. Not a fan. Ooh. Illinois yeah. pizza. Yeah. So Illinois style, St. Louis style pizza was uh, was cardboard and cheese. It is, man. It's Provel. Yeah. It's a beautiful, beautiful Which is thing. Just a concoction of every type of cheese in one. <laughs> beautiful thing. I like it. Here's, when okay, done right. I'm going to, here, you continue. Here's the thing. We're, that we've reached a mark in the, in the podcast that I have to, uh, I have to go to the bathroom. Oh my gosh, David. What? It's true. Okay. Uh, do you want us to keep rolling or do you yeah, want Yeah, I want you to keep rolling. That's oh the point. Gosh. All right, David, we're going to give you, guys, you a time limit. Hold on, no, wait, 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 wait. Hold on. Give it, uh, somebody record a time, like, I'm going to start. Okay. What we're going to do, here we go. We're going to do this. We're going to record. Uh, exactly, um, I'm going to have a stopwatch and of exactly we're gonna hear, we're gonna hear the one minute. No, 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 you're going to start at one minute. You're going to see when it gets to one, wait, no, do the timer. Do the timer for I don't know how to work your one, iPhone. One minute, exactly, of when I get up, and you'll hit the ding. Okay. So people will know when it's exactly one minute. Okay. And we'll be like, oh my gosh, can David relieve himself in one minute? Okay. Okay, three, two, one, go. <laughs> So whenever we talk about the amount of time it takes to uh, use the restroom, actually, any time that I have to use the restroom for an extended period of time, I'm always, always reminded of the scene 
in a league of their own with Tom Hanks in the uh, in the locker room uh, after he's just spent a night out binge drinking or whatever. Uh, and he's like, he's using the bathroom at the urinal and like the girls start like timing because it's taking so long. <laughs> I all like so, so many, so many weeks, like not a week goes by that I don't just think about that image of that scene. Where are we at? Uh, we had 22 seconds, 21, 20 seconds oh, left. Oh, man. Yep. Will uh, he make it? This is this is great audio content. Yep. Uh, we got 10 seconds left. I don't know why he's doing it. Why he, and we're at a point where we're probably going to, you know, 10, 15 minutes, three, two, two one. one. Thing. And there's the toilet oh, flushing. Oh, I got a flush. Okay. All right. Well, it's a minute and one yeah, second. The, Son of a bitch! Let's turn this stop. Stop this. Stop. Uh, next topic of the conversation is. Come on, man. What's the next topic of the conversation? Um, we're talking about the Muni. I guess we're talking about the Muni. I want so to talk about the Muni. The St. Louis Municipal Opera. Uh, the Muni uh, Outdoor Amphitheater. And I should have gotten some many thousands of seats. Muni, Muni thousands of seats. Ooh, thank you. What? 10,900. Or Or something like that. Um, it's between those numbers. Yes. Uh, outdoor amphitheater in Forest Park. Uh, every summer they produce a series of musicals, professional musicals. Um, that they produce themselves. It's un- un- unlike anything in the nation. And it's free, first come, first serve. Well, there's a there's a spot. Yes, spot. There's, parts, there's parts. in the ba- yep. in the in the back there 1, are seats. yeah there are a thousand seats that are free um, every evening and then obviously tickets and season tickets and all that typical stuff. So but they're going into their hundredth season next summer. They recently announced that season uh, and they don't have the order of these shows locked down yet. Uh, Drum roll, please. But okay. shows are Jerome Robbins's Broadway, Jersey Boys, Gypsy. Annie, Singing in the Rain, The Wiz, and Meet, Meet Me, me in St. Louis. Louis. Oh. Did you say Meet Me in St. Louis? That's how it's spelled. It's called Meet Me in St. Louis. No, that's the name of the song. The show is called Meet Me in St. Louis. The song is sings, I don't know. I'm not really sure. If you agree with me, <laughs> email <laughs> the letter A. Like like for Deca. Bradley comment yeah. for David. Uh, share for... <laughs> The both of us. Or we could, or you could do one of those, you know, everybody's favorite thing. If you agree with David, please plus one. Oh, oh God, no. Don't do the press one. Oh, uh, no. The directory. Make phone calls to people. So so here, here's here's my, my brief, uh, I'm going to say, the Muni, unlike anything in the nation, wonderful treasure. They've stepped up their uh, game in the past decade, too. And, yeah, and they, they've, yeah, they've been doing really, really well recently. And then they go through seasons but you know like anything uh, really good pokey stop too anything that's there you go uh anything that's existed that long you know is going to go through its ups and downs uh it's been fantastic recently um the the the, so the muni is a great thing for bringing you know theater and performing arts to the masses um the one thing i feel like i need to say in relation to the muni and theater arts in st louis is so many people in st louis they think theater they think the Muni and the Fox, um, and that's about it. Uh, Fox Theater brings in a bunch of great uh, touring shows from Broadway. And sometimes one other place. What? Well, the Rep. Oh, and, and the, the Repertory Theater St. Louis people also talk when they think about theater in St. Louis. All three of those institutions are great and fantastic and either bring in great shows or put on great shows. 
but there is so, so much theater going on on every single level from community theater, amateur professional, small professional companies. Um, High school. Even, yeah, there's, there's so much performing arts uh, in theater going on in St. Louis that, you know, if you, if, if your concept of going to the theater in St. Louis is only uh, the rep, uh, the Muni, uh, and the Fox, and maybe stages St. Louis and Kirkwood, uh, then holler at me and I'll tell you about like three things you can go to this weekend um, that are all going to be high quality and worth your time and money. Act two, New Line, uh, yeah, Straight Dog. Yeah, there's 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 like there's so many so many things going on. Uh, West End Players Guild. Um, Take two. So. But this season with the Muni, um, it's really exciting. It's a 100-year celebration. Uh, the common thread of conversation in my personal circles has been, this looks like a Muni season. It doesn't look like a 100-year celebration season. Yeah, um, it just looks like another season. Yeah, which was, so that was, it was disappointing. And for, for those of us who are really invested in these type of things... You know, we like to pick apart things. We like to go in and analyze, like, oh, well, you know, what what shows do we want? And, of course, uh, those of us who are just you know, can name more musicals in general than the average person, we're going to have a, a deeper, a lot of different ideas, like, oh, what we should do. Uh, Muni seasons typically have, they're always going to have a kid's show, a family show. Um, they're always going to have a few kind of classic golden era of musicals. Um and they're always going to have like, you know, one or two kind of like one off, like kind of like weird oddities or curiosities. Um, and they're not going to have anything to everything's going to be at least family friendly on some level. This past season, we had a chorus line, which was surprising because that's, I think, really, really edgy for the Muni. So if you know anything about um, a chorus line, uh that is kind of edgy. That, so it, it is kind of edgy, but especially for the Muni, that's like on the far end of what's edgy for them. Uh, in this season, I would say nothing in this season is too edgy. I'm not super familiar with Jersey Boys. Uh, it's not that edgy. So Well, the new Broadway, this new Broadway musical is a great rendition. I... I've heard very positive reviews about it. And and um, cool things with Jersey Boys. I watched the press conference when they announced this season, um, and they were in talks with people uh, connected to Jersey Boys while it was still on Broadway, and while there was still a national tour going on, they really wanted to bring it to the Muni. And so just a testament to how unique the Muni is and the type of connections they have and, and what it is as an entity, the fact that they were able to get that and this will be next summer the first uh regional really the first professional production of jersey boys outside of the broadway run and any touring shows nice mm -hmm. uh so you know it, it's it's a it's a special thing and it's a really cool thing uh i'm really excited for singing in the rain again for yeah, see, personal reasons it was here three years ago though right right which i i kind of among friends we kind of did a little pool of like you know guess take do your predictions for what the next season's going to be um and i specifically i thought about singing in the rain and i didn't put it on because of how recently it was i also thought about jersey boys and didn't put it on because of how recently it had been on broadway um there was one person in the group of people who um who projected and one person yeah. did put jersey boys down i would have never predicted the whiz um, yeah, and they've they've done it in the past. Um, 
And so that one's getting... And but it doesn't seem like a hundred year Muni anniversary show. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. It doesn't seem like it fit the bill. Yeah, it's it's interesting. So I mean, Annie kind of fits the bill, right? I don't necessarily care for it. A lot of it's people overdone. It's uh, yeah. the same thing over and over again. And it's it's, it's also a story that's been told a million times though by other musicals as well. Right, and so I think with with Annie, um, once again, in the I tend to fall into the camp with Annie that it's you know slight. Some of this music is a little annoying because of how overplayed it was. But in you the bet press your bottom dollar. Oh, but yeah, yeah. but in the get press, out of here, Blaker. But in the press conference, I was you know I I have some hopes for it because of the fact that the the they selected it partially because it's one of and it's one of the most shows they've done the most um, as their kind of family show. They do it about every five years at the Muni, but also where it landed in the culture of its time, um, we tend to forget about that context on you know current oh, yeah. viewings uh so they felt that the kind of reflection on that was part of the reason what driving that decision there so all in all i'm excited for the season i think it's going to be a good season um i feel like it could have been more um a lot myself and a lot of my friends wish it was um you know a little you know either edgier or progressive but uh you know it like i said it looks like just a, another muni season but it's going to be good. So sticking to um, Forest Park, uh, the ice rink's coming back. Oh, it's Steinberg every year? Yep. Um, what do you mean it's coming back? It's there every year, man. Well. <laughs> well, uh, no, it's there every winter. Like, it doesn't shut down. Okay. So, like, they just yeah. change it into a... I don't even know what they do. Summer... Uh, I think they change it into a... Do they have an events venue there? Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's actually what happens. I they, should... Like, tear it down, they actually have an events As venue. a St. Louis, and I should know these things. Um, well, nobody actually ever goes to that portion <laughs> of Forest Park. Yeah. Right. right. Eastern, Eastern, technically Southeastern Forest Park. Yeah. That's like where the uh, softball fields... Or, no, 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 nope. no, no, no. Um, yeah, it's, it's... Southeastern Forest yeah. Park. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, but, it's right where where Steinberg is. Yeah, so so that's coming back. Um, went to a couple movies um, on the lawn. This you went to the, the Art Hill uh, yeah, film series. Yeah, um, yeah. I've been going to Slam the yes. past couple um, oh, past few times. You're Bradley's best friend if you go to Slam. Hey, oh, by Slam the way, I'm awesome. uh, I'm I'm a member of the art museum. So if you ever want to go to see a special exhibit, not on a Friday, let me know. All right. uh, I can get to yeah. Everyone tickets. here in St. Louis, if you want to hang out with Bradley and go to Slam for free. Uh, well, it's, it's always free, but the special exhibit costs money. But as a member of the St. Louis Art Museum, uh, which I highly recommend if you want to support the arts, uh, that's one good option good uh, to is to have a membership. You get discounted parking in the garage if you want to use that, 10% off at the gift shop. But also, you can get, at the base level, two uh, comp tickets to whatever the special exhibit is, which is usually around 10 bucks or so. That's beautiful. And, of course, Friday's... Uh, it's always free yeah. to the public first come first serve on that. So these slam events I've been to. Um, Do you, have you I, done like slam underground stuff? Yeah, yeah. Um, I st- <laughs> this shows that I'm a bad member. I've yet to go to a slam underground. <laughs> really? Event. You went with me uh, once, I thought. No, no, no. That was Emily Bounce. I have yet Sorry. to. I have yet to attend a slam underground. Oh, they're great. Um, and we've met friends there. They're interactive. Um, it's it's just really cool. Um, so made a good made a really good friend. Uh, recently at a Slam Underground event. Um, this is just me trying to immerse myself in right. more of the St. Louis culture. War, uh, we watched um, uh, Devil Wears Prada 
on, okay. the, on the Art Hill uh, this past summer. So uh, that was Never good. Never seen it all the way through. Just um, cared for the band in early high school. <laughs> there you go. And middle school. Yeah. Yeah, and, um, and one, another another uh, yeah in St. Louis Art Museum. I'm uh, I just a fan. Of, we have a wonderful collection, wonderful you know everything. What, but one of my favorite things, just as a person, is going you know just with someone that I either nominally know or don't know very well or or know either way, um, and just wandering around and you know seeing someone else's responses to the art uh, is a f- better way to get to know somebody than just like sitting around saying oh what's your favorite color. Um, so that's always really fun. And another top tip. Orange. St. Louis Art Museum uh, closed on Mondays. If you accidentally show up on a Monday, which I've done before, once again, bad member here. Um, but right across the street, um, across Skinker Boulevard on WashU's campus, is the Kemper Art Museum. It's open on Monday. Um, and they, they have they have galleries there uh, with pieces of art. So if, if you need your, your fix it. And a lot of local stuff, too. Yeah. Kemper. Yeah. A lot of museums nationwide are closed on... Um, it's like a museum thing to be closed on Mondays. Right, right, yeah. right. So Why can't they do that with work? <laughs> Fun fact, baseball card stores are actually usually closed on Mondays, too. That's also true, yes. Baseball card stores. Yes. No, that's what I called it growing up. Okay. They're card stores. Like, Trading card stores. Gotcha. Playing cards. There's like 10 of them here in St. Louis. Okay. Oh, yeah. All right. The color me ignorant. <laughs> well, the guy in, the guy in Marlboro... Um, well, technically, it's not the gentleman that was in the Marlboro ads. No, the town. There's a little. I don't know if it's exactly Marlboro. It's just south of Webster Groves. Um, I guess I'll call it Marlboro. Yeah. Uh, he's got a little shop there. Ugh, if you just hang out with card shop owners, mm-hmm. they just love mm-hmm. talking local, local scene. Whatever that's sports, history, arts. Um, just culture, um, restaurants, etc., business ventures, what have you. They they love talking about locality. So if you really want to get to know um, your area, go to your local trading card shop. There you go. And just talk to the clerk and like the owner of the store, and they'll talk your face off. And I think that's something one of those things that's just of such great value that people don't. It I think you know. Not going to dog on technology because technology is great, but you it's so much easier. Before we had all the technology that connected us socially, uh-huh. people just kind of bounced into each other and off. You, you run into strangers and have conversations with strangers more often before. Um, now it's easier to stay connected to the people you already know, so you are in less situations where you're running into people you don't know. And so mm-hmm. I think that if you want to enrich yourself as a person, uh, seek out opportunities to interact with strangers uh in greater than a surface level and you'll find great value there. I wonder what like face-to-face conversations mean to people now. Like it's a completely different, like, sorry to go off a tangent. No, yeah, yeah. it's, it's a completely different meaning now. Yeah. Face-to-face conversations actually have like carry so much more weight. There's a little more gravity. Yeah. yeah. There's a lot of gravity, yeah. more gravity to it because I mean, in order to say anything to anyone prior to, you know, the 1920s, you had to see them. Um, or even so, like, getting on the phone to talk to somebody, not a really big, clear connection, not getting a big point across, 
there was still not a lot of weight to having a conversation with somebody in person. Right. It was now, the norm. Right. Now, now there's an, an added investment right. intrinsic to Especially that interaction. Especially within, within business now, like, oh yeah, you can call me whenever you want to. I'll be fine and I'll answer the phone, whatever. But when you're saying, hey, let's come and sit down for a That's face-to-face conversation, right. you're planning it out and yeah. you're just like, oh, you, okay, you've invested I'm in setting person. that yes. chunk of hour aside. Yeah. It's almost like... This, uh, hear me out. It's almost like we've come to a point where if we are going to see somebody face-to-face, it's a date. Not necessarily of the romantic sense. It's a friend date. It is a date of intentionality and... Or at least what I, what I see it as and what I almost practice it as, per se. Um, it's very intentional. Word choice is a completely different... A uh, beast at that point. So growing up, I mean, I'm sure we all here remember spending, you know, hours upon hours upon hours talking on the phone with not just girls, but our best friends, you know, on the phone. You know, you get home from school and or something and and you try to really, uh, you know, you call up your, your buddy and you t- start talking about like everything, you know, um, this, that and the third. Um, and, you know, we don't do that anymore. Like, you, maybe it's because we're adults and we don't have the time and, oh, life sucks. But, no, uh, in all real actuality, I mean, if I need to get something for my, for my you know, some information for my bud or talk to him, I'd shoot him a text, you know. And uh, texting is, you know, now the new norm. And have a, a phone conversation with somebody is kind of, uh, kind of an oddity at this, this time. Uh, off that beast we just got on. Yeah. Wow. Technology's stupid. No, Don't it's not. use it. Okay, Google. Oh, gosh. No, he turned <laughs> on his phone. He just... Oh, your robot's going to kill us all someday. Uh, yeah, gonna... but at that point... If, oh, I will say, like, if we get to a point where robots can kill us all, take me God. I don't want to be here. If the robots can kill me, I don't want to be... Well, they can, technically, right? Oh, now. yeah. But if they turn... Like in such a way where they almost have of robotics. artificial intelligence that becomes non-artificial. Uh, See, ya, take me off the planet. I don't uh. want to be here. So I I don't know about you guys, but I wanted to branch and just real quick touch on World Series. Yes, please. We'll talk that for like just two seconds. Yeah, because we're probably gonna wrap it up here pretty quick. Um, but if y'all paid attention to this World Series. It was good. It's going to go down in history as one of the greatest World Series of all time. Unfortunately, Game 7 didn't turn out to be this back and forth. Like Game um, 5. Right? But I will say baseball lovers loved Game 7. Yeah. Because it was a pitcher's duel um, and, and a manager's duel um, through and through. It was yeah. awesome. We, I loved seeing yeah. all the bullpen calls. I loved the time that was put into each call. Um, it was so cool just to, to see it. So Astros win in 7 um, the first time they've ever won as an organization, uh, was it 58 years, I believe? Cause they were founded in 1969. Yeah. Right. Correct. 58 years. Um, and this club is a bunch of young baseball I, loving. I don't, I don't want to say like thug baseball players, but they're like crazy. These kids are crazy. Just they're just like, they're crazy enthusiastic. Yeah. They're not like, you know, a Puig where he's thug, like he's a thug baseball player. Like for lack of a better word, thug baseball player, apologies, but like it's kind of a descript thing you know about, right? 
Um, but they're they're all of these Astros players are so 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 much fun to watch. They're so into it. Uh, they can they get on my nerves sometimes by like how much they just cheer about every little thing. It's baseball. Buck up. I, I love it. I mean, I, I like the energy too. But they won five to one. Um, win the World Series, seven games. Um, honestly, this team is incredible. It was yeah. a fun, fun World Series. Um, City of Houston needed it badly. They needed the three games in Houston in the World Series that brought so, 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 so much revenue to that city after they were just hit um, with Hurricane Harvey. And there were a couple Puerto Ricans on the Houston Astros team, too, and Carlos Correa and Carlos Beltran. And... Like those two guys, like it hit double for them. Mm-hmm. Whereas Harvey hits Texas and Irma. Was it Irma that hit? I think so. Puerto yeah. Rico hard. Because yeah. Har- Harvey hit Puerto Rico with the edge. Yeah. Um, uh, Maria? Uh, I think it was Irma. Okay, no, Maria, yeah. Uh, Maria is like. And then there was Jose. The but there was like a million of them. Yeah. Um, bad hurricane season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But these Puerto Ricans, they're dually like playing for um, so much reason. Like the. The image that we actually just looked up beforehand, if you don't know what this World Series meant to Houston, um, go look up the image. I, I can't remember exactly who shot it, but... Well, this is the t- Houston Chronicle. Houston Chronicle. It, it, just type in Houston Chronicle, um, um, couple watching Astros win the World Series. They're in The inside of their home is stripped, bare, decrepit, by just all flood damage all flood like damage pulled apart the only thing that's there are the two chairs that they're sitting on their and tv and the a tv cooler. and a cooler and they're just watching the game and in they're their home. celebrate like they like and that's all like that's all they care about in that moment just that is great great picture great photojournalism right there amazing and, uh, amazing picture so two teams i wanted to point this out so the last two world series you got the cleveland indians the chicago cubs uh, the Los Angeles Dodgers and the Houston Astros. Not four teams that you often see in the World Series. True. Well, yeah, before that, the Kansas City Royals won. That's true. Exa- great point. A lot and, of parody. Right. And, and what I really enjoy about this is that it's bringing just so many different markets back into the spotlight mm. of baseball. And the Mets. The Mets, yes. Um and and I, I I just I love it, you know I, I I started the season you know obviously I'm a Cardinals fan you know started the season though with the memory in my head of, um, the Sports Illustrated magazine 2014 your 2017 Houston Astros I was like oh it's 2017, let's see how the Houston Astros are. I I didn't start this season going like oh the Dodgers are gonna be great I I actually thought a good team to compete out of the West was gonna be the Giants they really failed to uh, meet my expectations this year but just hitting on these two teams for a second though the Houston Astros were a um, beautiful collection of veteran players and young players and uh, and players that have kind of fought adversity. Um, and, and it was just so much fun to see players, like you said, like Evan Gaddis, uh, Brian McCann, Carlos Beltran, Jose Altuve, um, who's one of the top five players in all of baseball to actually get their shot and kind of get, you know, Verlander. Verlander. Yeah. Verlander coming over was, was the glue for that team. Seriously. And, um, 
it was just fun Charlie watching Morton. baseball. And I'm telling yes, Charlie Morton. And I'm telling you, the only thing I missed throughout that entire World Series was was just hello, everyone. I'm Vince Scully, and I everybody was missing it. Everyone I, was I missing. I wanted it. it so bad, Dave. I wanted it. It's okay. It's over. We don't. You know, it's fine. Yeah, I'm so. over it. Um. But yeah, beautiful World Series. Yep. Baseball's over. Free agency starts. The, the face of the Cardinals is going to change. Yeah, we'll Woo! hear more about that in the next episode. Yes, it's we will. Be an incredible offseason for the Cardinals. So pay attention to it. Yes. Bradley? Yeah? What are you thinking? Uh, I'm thinking that's a good show. Bradley's got to go to work, a.k.a. rehearsal. No, no. I you got to rehearsal. I, so usually Uh-oh. it's work or rehearsal. Tonight, so I between rehearsal and work in the evening, um, there are so many shows I want to see. Between, like... From the last time... What show are you going to see? I'm going to watch... I'm going to sit in on a dress rehearsal of a friend show, uh, Drowsy Chaperone. At, oh, you're going to see Drowsy? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, no, between... So, like, last time we recorded, we shut down, and I ran out to go see Curious Incident of the Dog in the Nighttime at the Rep. Um, that was great. Between that recording and this recording, I have seen uh, seven theatrical productions. That's uh, Bradley. I, I spend an irresponsible amount of my income on seeing theater. I also see a lot of it for, for free what or cheap. What is it, about like 75 shows you see a year or something? No, like no, no, no. Last, last year I saw just over 40. 76. Get uh, it right. No. Uh, last year I attended just over 40 different theatrical productions. This year I've broken 50 a few weeks ago. Um, but it's just it's a big part of you know what I do, and I have a lot of friends that I want to support, or I have a lot of shows that I want to see just to broaden my horizons as a theater artist. Um so, yeah, so tonight is, like, the only time I can see Drowsy because of rehearsal schedule um, and work schedule. Uh, so I'm sneaking into dress rehearsal. Uh, tomorrow night, I'm seeing uh, Little Shop of Horrors uh, at Act 2 in St. Peter's. Yesterday, during the day, I went to the matinee showing of Hamlet at St. Louis Repertory Theater. That was fantastic. Just a great, strong, solid production of Hamlet. Um, and by the way, I don't think we've actually said the date. Today's November second, twenty seventeen. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's a yeah. Thursday. Yeah. Um, one of my top two favorite Hamlets that I've seen. Um, Hamlet two. Well, Hamlet <laughs> two is also one of my favorites. Uh, but so this was just a great production of Hamlet. I think the great thing, it was so often you think of Hamlet as it's a story about Hamlet, and it's like Hamlet's the main character, and like you you know you really go and say like oh, I can't wait to see this performance by this actor who is tackling the behemoth of Hamlet as a role. And their Hamlet was fantastic. But this production was such an ensemble show. Um, It really was about the entire court of Elsinore. Uh, And every actor was fully committed and gave so much depth to their characters. One of my favorite portrayals of Polonius. It's hard to have character development in that show if you don't have really talented actors. Yeah, and so everyone was on on point. So as far as like seeing Hamlet as an ensemble piece, seeing it as this holistic, great, great production. Uh, The other production of Hamlet, which I saw last year, a group in town called Rebels and Misfits, they've been doing a lot of immersive theater recently, and this is kind of their big... uh, coming out in town, they did an immersive Hamlet, so they rented out an event space um, and set the action of the play over, you know, three or four spaces within this event space, and the audience just kind of, like, hung out and sat, like, leaned up against the wall as these actors are portraying this, you know, they you walk in and they say, welcome to the court of Elsinore, and, you know, you, you kind of walk around and 
the action might be taking place 10 feet away from you. Uh, and that stuck out to me. One, they just did, once again, great performances, great production. They knew how to do that immersive style correctly. Um, but it stuck with me because that was the first time that I got really emotionally invested in the action of any Shakespeare. Shakespeare's so difficult to connect to because of the language barrier. Uh, it is a foreign language. Uh, and as a performer, you need to be speaking in two languages at once. Uh, but because of the proximity to that, um, because of, you know, just like being this way and the adaptation they used and placed uh, and getting that sense of place that they created for us, you know, the moment where they're in the graveyard and uh, Laertes and Hamlet are just like physically fighting over Ophelia's dead body mm -hmm. in, a, in an open air courtyard yeah. uh, really connected that story. Uh, in a way that it, you know, I'd never, I hadn't connected with any other Shakespeare before. Well, good job, St. Louis. Yeah. yeah, way to go, guys. We like St. Louis. I'm gonna throw one thing out there yeah. before we go. I'm gonna try to make this kind of a tradition thing. Uh, best tradition? local, uh, best local place I've ate at recently. Okay, uh, okay, yeah. Here oh, yeah, in St. Yeah. Louis, uh, Pizzoli. Um, it's a uh, wood-fired pizza. Yeah. Um, it's a vegetarian uh, pizza place. Uh, I'm not a vegetarian, but is it um, like cauliflower um, bread or whatever? Well, quite honestly. I don't know, but Riverfront Times has it as top ten uh, best places to eat for a vegetarian okay, in St. Louis. I'm not going to hate on Riverfront and, Times, uh, but don't they're believe great. everything that they say. <laughs> <laughs> but they were great, so check thanks. out Pizzoli. Cool, thanks. Uh, that's that's our show. Thanks so much for listening. Uh, blast out music. Da, 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 da. I don't know. Yeah, what's the well, music going to be? We're going to add it in post. David's going to compose it. I love post. I also go to the post. We could do. Uh, that's a place that we like here in St. Goodbye. Louis. Goodbye.